0: Betches Media presents If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club.
1: Gazpacho, Police. Oh my God! What a
0: stupid son of a man.
1: He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The
2: Betches okay. SUP Podcast.
1: Diana sucker! Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamarez. And this is the Betches SUP Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics, which today are elections. It's primary day, one of many. There are big elections today in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and Texas. And to help us discuss some big issues as midterms enter full swing is Natasha Murphy, who is the chief of staff at Black Girls Vote. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to today's conversation.
1: Yeah, definitely. So just to sort of like start for context, and then we'll get more into this at the end, what do you guys do at Black Girls Vote? Tell us kind of the background and and what you're focused on.
3: Sure. So Black Girls Vote, we started back in November of 2015. So really, you know, before the pivotal 2016 election. Uh-huh. And we are all about engaging, educating, and empowering Black women, particularly those 18 to 25, to leverage our collecting vot- voting power to transform our lives and improve the lives of those who live in our community. So our founder, Nike Robinson, recognized that black women are such pillars of democracy. You know, we constantly show up at the polls. We encourage our family and friends to do the same. But we aren't getting policy in exchange for that voting power. And so, you know, BGV is really focused on not just educating and registering voters, but also holding our elected officials accountable for a lot of the promises that they make on the campaign trail and ensuring that they enact meaningful policy that's actually going to make a difference in the lives of black women.
0: Wow, that must be really easy because they do that automatically.
3: (laughs) We rarely have anything to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, wow. What an easy job. (laughs) What an easy, simple, simple, easy to do list. I mean, so, so you mentioned like black women have tremendous political power. Democrats specifically rely on them. But I mean, a lot of a lot of types of candidates do. So we had Alexis Miguel Johnson of Planned Parenthood on the pod yesterday, and we did touch a little bit on Bill Cassidy's comments, but we didn't really dig in, which I'd love to do. While we have you, I mean, Senator Bill Cassidy made very disturbing comments over the weekend about black maternal mortality in Louisiana. The state he represents, this man's a medical doctor, these comments, you can't say enough how ignorant and dehumanizing they are. But also this man runs for office in a state where a third of the population, and therefore its voters, are black. Louisiana, I think, has like an anti-choice Democratic governor right now. So I guess to start like the political power of black and non-white voters will only keep growing why aren't these guys
3: like even trying Great question, Amanda. And I was honestly horrified by Senator Cassidy's statements over the weekend, you know, as someone well, clearly as a Black woman, but also as someone who also works in the health professions. It is incredibly discouraging, disparaging, and honestly disgusting for a clinician to make a comment like that, dismissing the disparate outcomes and honestly, very negative experiences that a lot of Black women in his state and across the country experience in the birthing and post. Postpartum process. And like you mentioned, it's even worse because, on top of being a clinician, he's an elected official and he is empowered to make decisions and choices. And the fact that he was felt so comfortable sharing Mm
0: -hmm. the
3: horrible viewpoint, you know, I think it really, really speaks volumes. And it's just, it's so easy to claim ignorance, you know, for, you know, maybe a regular person, but as an elected official who is representing so many people of color and women of color. It is honestly baffling why he would make a statement like that, knowing that it's, you know, black women who are showing up at the polls and, you know, marching at the forefront of a lot of these issues. You know, I think we're at a point now where we're sick and tired of having to try and prove our worth and and show why we should be treated, you know, with the same respect and dignity that, you know, other groups and demographics receive.
0: I mean, for me, it was a little disturbing, as a black woman, because you know when I go to the doctor, when they ask me how many sexual partners I have, it's like, well, if you count losers, I don't. <laughs> 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 it's not that much, and the doctor says that doesn't. Uh, you have to count losers, so Ugh, you know. I'm bias. sorry, that's... Governor or is it Bill Cassidy, um, <laughs> Senator Bill Cassidy? Uh, it don't look like that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry I ever make a joke but honestly yeah no <laughs> to, you it, gotta. It, it is just like everyone says like these anti-choice laws and all of this is a you know is their way to like they want more white babies they want to like not lose like it, it's just so clear that they who they value and all that stuff and but you know I mean it's too late like we're all getting more control and more power and yeah. black girls vote is winning so You know, you got the easiest job in the world, Natasha.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As you were saying that, Millie, I thought like now that when he he was saying that, like he really thought he was doing something like he would have a receptive audience being like, oh, in that case, which is which is even more disturbing that he felt so comfortable that that there would be enough people just like, oh, I guess it's not that bad then, which is so.
0: Oh yeah, and you're right. Sad. Black yeah, we shouldn't count black like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It was kind of like honestly to bring it back to a betches thing. It's like um Chris Harrison uh talking about, you know, the racist Matt James bachelorette <laughs> at the antebellum ball. Oh, yes, and right. Rachel Lindsay just let him keep talking and digging himself in a deeper hole. And oh, yeah. uh yeah, same thing. Everything yeah, maybe we to the should bachelor. have.
4: We need we need Bill Cassidy on the podcast. Actually, see yeah, let's see who,
0: <laughs> I feel like there's more there.
4: Natasha, Black girls vote works specifically to advance Black women's power in society through education and public policies that impact them, as you said. So, in that vein. What other issues are you watching closely this election cycle? What are some non-negotiables for candidates who can say that they support Black women? Like, if you want to be an anti-Bill Cassidy, what are the things you should be saying?
3: <laughs> I like that framing. Yeah. But um, you know, as we approach the midterm elections and kind of work our way through this very interesting and kind of tenuous primary season. Black Girls Vote, we are really shifting a lot of our focus away from our other core issues around advancing e- equality education, healthcare, and economic development. We're paying very close attention to really voting rights legislation and poverty. And yeah. so one thing that has been a huge focus and major issue area for us, you know, and a lot of our locals and state advocacy, as well as federal advocacy, is gerrymandering, you know post census we got through that whole process and endeavor but now the legislative district maps are being redrawn and they're changing and there are a lot of areas where districts are being split up and it really is just another tactic of voter suppression and you mm-hmm. know voter manipulation and so we've already seen efforts happening in Texas and Florida and Kansas where you know the district maps have changed and voters are not pleased and it's making things difficult more difficult for people to engage in democracy and so it's really really important that our existing elected officials but also candidates you know indicate where they stand on you know gerrymandering both in the past and Mm -hmm. moving forward because we need to ensure that we're not making it more difficult for people to have their voices heard. A lot of times folks will focus so much on, oh, well, you know, it's just a map that's changing. It's no big deal. But, you know, there's instances in which you're diluting the political and electoral power of an entire group of people or you're changing voting locations. You know, folks mm-hmm. have to go further and further out to cast their ballot. And so, you know, that's one area that we've been focused on. And then also ending the filibuster. A lot of our advocacy at the federal level, you know, it's so frustrating to see poignant and potentially impactful legislation just die in Congress because of a very archaic system. And so, you know, we need to modernize. We need to have a legislative process that allows us to get things done. And so, you know, for Black women, we know how important it is to, you know, have a seamless process where, you know, a a legislator can introduce a bill it gets passed and then we start implementing it so that we- oh
4: imagine <laughs> right. a majority Wouldn't vote? would be interesting if then if more people voted for the bill and then it passed yes. that, would be, <laughs> that would be wonderful and yeah to, to your point of what you were saying you know I feel like when we hear ignorant statements like what we talked about right at the top of the podcast from Bill Cassidy I think that a lot of those legislators are counting on gerrymandering and just the reduction in voting rights to protect them Mm -hmm. because i don't think if he really actually felt beholden to the black women who are his constituents he would be as thoughtless with what he's saying
0: and i feel like they use you know gerrymandering and they use it to to discourage people and be like well, your vote doesn't matter. And also, your vote doesn't matter. You have no power. It's going to be a pain in the ass to vote. How difficult is it to register? Like all these obstacles are one more thing. And, you know, economic conditions haven't changed for people, you know, people have to work. We don't have voting off as a holiday, like, they are just making it so that, you know, they can continue in power.
1: Yeah. And I I think after, you know, today's elections in Georgia, there will be a lot of if the turnout is good, I think people will say, oh, people were able to outorganize the restrictions, but you literally cannot do that with gerrymandering. This is going through the courts. Like, it's, yeah. it feels it feels like there's nothing you can do. But what specifically are some, like, advocacy things that people can try to do around gerrymandering? Is it, like, a matter of getting in touch with representatives, making sure? It is. Like, you mentioned, like, nobody talks about gerrymandering, but it, maybe it should be something we ask every single politician, like, what's your stance on abortion? What's your stance on gerrymandering? What will you do to end it?
3: Exactly. I agree, Amanda. I feel like gerrymandering is not one of, you know, the interesting or kind of sexy policy topics that make it on its way to, you know, a a pamphlet, you know, (laughs) promoting a candidate's particular position. But it's absolutely an area where it is impacting and oftentimes hindering folks ability to access the ballot. And so I stand by my statement that we do need to figure out where our elected officials and candidates stand on the issue. And for, you know, regular constituents and citizens out there, I encourage you to engage with your local and state board of elections. Hey,
1: American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now.
3: I'm Betcha's co-founder, Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by
1: Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through
2: Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours.
4: Okay, we are back, just the three of us. We've lost Natasha for now, but that was lovely. I Like I said, she has great energy. You guys, you heard her energy, but I would say the visual of her energy was great as well. Very true. Very, yes, true. Very natural. BGV, Very natural, yes. BGV. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah they're I mean, awesome.
4: it's, it's so great that we had her today, literally on the day that Georgia's going to the polls for its primary, which I feel like Georgia has just become like the number totally. one battleground for all of the stuff we were just talking about like the number one show of like black women's political power with stacey abrams mm. it's really george is really that bitch really that bitch yeah i guess we'll find
1: out tomorrow we'll we'll do like a more thorough debrief tomorrow but i'm definitely most i'm really eager to see who wins this uh, republican primary for governor that seems like the real kind of like test of trump because did you know pence endorsed and is like campaigning with brian kemp the current governor and that's Trump really sad. David
4: it's I, honestly <laughs> sad that Mike Pence is trying anything at all. He needs to go. He said, he said he's going to run pull for a Hillary president. and just be walking. He's not. <laughs> he's, he's not. I mean, he might say that that's what he's doing, but he's he might technically sign up, get the paperwork in, but right. no one's voting for Mike Pence for president. No one on this earth. He just needs to do it to raise some money. He really should pull a Hillary and just be walking around in the woods. That's yeah. where he should be.
1: Write a novel with your friends. Keep doing your podcast.
4: He has a podcast. Relax. Oh, that's how he started. I mean, he started with like political. He's talk a right wing radio, radio <laughs> guy. That's his. That's his bread and butter. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my god.
4: Uh, being a boring Rush Limbaugh. You're Rush <laughs> Limbaugh, but boring. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I
0: don't even know. It's like Maggie. I don't even know if I've heard him say anything really. Out you know, loud? I don't know if I I can recognize oh, his right. voice. Mm-hmm.
4: No. Oh, I could never recognize his voice.
1: Couldn't pick his voice out of a lineup. Oh, that's a fun game. We should try to play Thursday. We can play a couple clips and we
4: will have to guess who Mike Pence You're is. like, which one of these is Mike Pence? I have no fucking idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's also like this David Perdue guy also was like such a snooze in the Senate. I just don't understand why when Democrats run for office, you generally like they've got a reason. They've got a motivation. There are certainly some like I don't really know what Diane Feinstein's doing in there but these are neither does played- she sorry yeah whoop, 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 whoop. in that vein just be rich just be rich
4: well i think with some of these people it really is like they're a rich white guy and they're like what's another thing i could do to make myself Absolutely. rich and powerful
0: man, i could do this what would you do if you I, man like listen i'm very happy where i'm at right now love working love comedy love creating I would love to fuck off somewhere in like a tropical place and just hang out or have like a, or live in a city and like in Europe and like get to eat. Yeah. Fresh what would baked you guys do bread. if
4: you were a rich white guy? What would your move be?
0: I would open a doggy
1: cafe slash like play area in like the West Village that was like a, th- you know, 2000 square feet. And I would probably have like a membership program. Not everybody could come. No, everybody mm. could come. <laughs> That's what I would do. I think about this all the time. That would be my dream job. I'd have like a doggy cafe. Like, I don't know if could, there's one, in, there was one in the East Village I would model it after. What about you, Elise? Oh, I yeah, like you that
0: haven't. dog restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've done comedy there. Oh, you have? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ.
1: It's a little chaotic. It might be a little chaotic. That's why yeah, i like, it I might know. have to, Did so maybe that there. would be too, too much for me.
4: I think if I was a rich white guy, I would go with a little bit what Millie was saying. Like, I'd fuck off somewhere. Maybe I would like, get the Epstein Island discount, buy it at a cheap yeah. rate, sage yeah. the shit out of sale. it from yeah. top to bottom and start trying to import good vibes. I love that. <laughs> Re- revive the entire area and make it an island where, honestly, probably I just invite my adult friends to chill, <laughs> but if there are any children, they're just having fun, they're playing. You're not going to take <laughs> on making
1: it like a full-on feminist utopia for everybody. Just no,
4: it would just, I just, honestly, I think the only way to resettle it vibe wise is to just have it be chill and normal okay. there for probably over a hundred years <laughs> <At least>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, yeah I feel like I split my time tropical and city because I feel like okay tropical could get boring after a few months but tropical and like bustling city but like being in a city and not having shit to like do or work I'm sure is beautiful I, I think I would also like Fund some kind of experimental, like maybe Ooh, yeah. I do like universal income for like, you mm, know, all these people. Have a little people. pet project. Have a pet project, maybe make a, sh- a film that, you know, no one can tell me what to do. I have all this money. Yeah, I would do some crazy shit like Millie, that. we talked a couple
1: weeks ago about how rich people in Tulsa basically have a fund to like get people to move there. Yeah. I feel like that's a better, David Perdue, do that. Well, I guess like Florida, maybe Georgia has enough people. Do something like that. You can participate. In public life, without having to run for senator, you have the pers- he has the personality of, of a raisin. He
4: if you're no rich business. enough, you could you're more powerful than a senator. Yeah, totally. Senator <laughs> he's too like, rich
0: to be a senator. You got to see what Joe Manchin, you know. Like. <laughs> right, you got to run everything yeah. by Joe Manchin. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Like, you're
4: only as powerful as Joe Manchin if you're a senator.
1: Precisely. Well, unfortunately, we do need to work to earn our income. For today, we're going to talk about business. Let's put our business lady hats mm-hmm. on. This made me think like, when do you guys feel most like a, a professional woman? I feel like I never do. When do you feel most like I am a business lady conducting my oh,
4: business? Like the, when I talk to my tax guy <laughs> once a year.
1: Oh,
4: and my I say, tax guy knows I'm not in the business. What do you <laughs> and I say? I say, please help me. <laughs> please help me. I have one folder of emails where I put like receipts that for stuff that's vaguely related to my career is that good? And he's like, "I'm gonna help you." That's my biggest businesswoman time.
0: Yeah, I feel like paying things like I like now that I have two credit cards, like. <laughs> oh, that's that's a financial life. Putting, <laughs> yeah, hold. putting things away,
4: Portfolio. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I when I do fund my IRA, then I feel like a businesswoman, right? Um, if I buy when I invest five dollars in corporate cannabis on my stock <laughs> app, I feel like a businesswoman.
0: Oh yeah, I bought all this like <laughs> fake stock or not fake stock. I bought all this like joke stock in Nokia and um, AMC, like during the joke Wall stock. Street bets. Yeah. Well, it's a joke for me, but now I get like investor. Like, I get to investor calls, and I'm like, what is happening? That's businesswoman. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah.
1: I, I was thinking I feel like with the work from home culture, I never like I haven't put on like a nice outfit. We haven't had an in studio podcast guest in years. And sometimes yeah. I feel like it like impacts my self esteem. Like I should probably get it together more because I'm like, I have like a, a job that's like important, but I'm just hanging around in loungewear. All day in my bedroom. Like, I'm not a real business lady.
4: I should get dressed and get ready every day. And then that girl that lives inside me who says that gets shouted down yeah. every day by the, by the fact that I'm like, but also I really don't want. And I don't have to. And I and don't, I have, don't to. have to.
1: Yeah, it's nice once every couple of months to, to put a button up on and tuck it in and feel like a business lady. But um, yeah, generally, I just feel like a tiny kid all the time. Pay, paying for wedding stuff has made me feel a bit like a business lady. That is mm. true because it's just numbers that are things I imagine. Yeah, only negotiating you see a business. The contract, right, right, Thing. right. Like I never use corporate speak in my actual job, but I find it myself using it with like other things, just to be like, this is not personal, but we're going to talk about this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: And that's when I put my business lady. Wedding up. planning is businesswoman stuff.
1: Businesswoman stuff. The reason we're talking about this is because businesses are are struggling in this political climate. There's a lot of expectations on them, and some of them feel like they're under a lot of pressure. State Farm specifically, yes, the insurance company, has abandoned its program to distribute LGBTQ-themed books to teachers, community centers, and libraries. I'm not going to belabor this silly story too much, but I do think it's a nice springboard into just kind of a general discussion about it. So State Farm partnered with an organization that promotes LGBTQ teaching via speaking events, mentorship programs, advising parents of transgender children, all, all great, excellent stuff. It was. It's a pretty, it's like a vaguely mainstream group, you know, on their website, they have a bunch of other groups that they've worked with that are, you know, high profile. It was a very specific partnership, I think just among a group of agents to donate, like this book, this bundle of three books. But the person who was notifying these agents made it seem like this big nationwide project, you know, targeting kindergartners with books about gayness. Uh, and it seems like people took issue with that and State Farm took it back. And sent an email saying, we're actually not going to do this. We believe it's chief diversity officer sent an email saying conversations about the subject matter in these books should actually happen at home. And then Libs of TikTok got that email. And I guess the story here is just that State Farm dipped its toe into this and then pulled it right back out. And it seems like it's that approach that consumers seem to punish people for. I mean, when you look at businesses that have been impacted by this reputationally negatively, the biggest one that's taken a hit seems to be Disney, perhaps because they kind of like were were wishy-washy. So like I said, I don't think it's necessary that we like belabor this example, but it is interesting how much more companies have been forced into the political discourse, especially because there's – the nation's oldest consumer protection agency, it's called Consumers Research, they're launching an advertisement campaign smearing state perm. They're gonna frame State Farm as being like super progressive in their activism and they're spoofing State Farm's tagline, like a good neighbor, State Farm is here, with like a creepy neighbor, State Farm is here.
0: Uh <laughs> okay. It, it's so funny because um sorry, Black Twitter is like, oh, they're probably gonna be reactionary because like the yes. State Farm spokesman is this Jake. Like, yeah, Jake, who looks like Drake. He's like this handsome black man and they're like, they're going to reactionary like make him blonde. It's like get a flow (laughs) like kind of Karen looking stay farm or make a blonde man or something like, cause they don't want to trigger anybody. Well, Mm.
4: yeah, that's it's what's interesting is it's just like, I feel like a lot of what we're seeing is like starting like 2016 to 2020. There became this huge wave of like companies taking political stances. I think sometimes genuinely and sometimes for clout. Yeah. And now we're seeing how shallow some of these diversity initiatives or whatever actually were, where like the second that there's actual pushback or that they mm. face, they get an angry post on libs of TikTok. It's mm. like, okay, actually, we're just scrapping the entire program. So it's like, so how committed were you even to doing this entire program? Or, you know, there there are tons of companies who have like, quietly shuttered their diversity Mm -hmm. arm in various ways recently. And it's like, I think that, yeah, they like, I remember people sounding the alarm about this in June of 2020, but being like, make sure to follow up with these companies that are making all these statements and posting Mm -hmm. these big long, like we stand with so-and-so, like see where they are in a year and a half. And we see where they are in a year and a half. And it's like, they're shutting down everything because they don't want to get in trouble
0: and i mean i think it's just i hate to skewer capitalism yet again <laughs> but when we start getting into like corporations are people they have more power than people in the government they have more power than human beings then people start to have kind of parasocial is it even parasocial relationship i, with I companies? think that's an interesting way to put it yeah just like you see you know kind of like when a real housewife has views that you like are shocked about because you imprinted all these things in this person people do that with companies all the time and it's like i enjoy this product i imagine that this product should be 100 percent aligned and the company has their own they just want to make money and they feel like it's trendy now to well now it's like kind of trendy to do the reactionary wishy-washy thing but they feel like it's trendy to be inclusive which good but then these people and these people are loud, you know and it's not even like an over like an overwhelming majority of people don't care about what disney puts on twitter and don't care but like this loud small number they make themselves loud enough on the internet to make it seem like it's so many people and yeah like they're disappointed they want everything to be their 100 percent their views which is a little crazy
2: Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea, they're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash fever dream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: Yeah. And so there's this survey that Axios does every year and it's like the hundred most visible companies. And then they basically ask people like different metrics about like what they think of that company's reputation. And I think everything you're speaking to, so Disney's ranking dropped significantly. Last year it was 37 and this year it's 65. And I think all this speaks to like, it just has to be authentic. We don't want our companies that we like to say the right thing. We want them to actually like inhabit and kind of like feel that way. Otherwise, why do it and then take it back? I mean, that's why I think Disney didn't really get rewarded for eventually coming yeah. out. And opposing these because it took them so long. So it was like, you're clearly just doing this because the Disney adults are mad.
4: Yeah, I feel and like, you did like I feel like Disney took a double hit of like conservatives stayed mad because they talked about a period and turning red or whatever. <laughs> and because they suggested a 12 year old girl oh, would get that her is, period. That, I forgot that was part of this. <laughs> yeah, Turning Red was like also a really weird mm-hmm. big part of it, even though it's actually a very cute movie about a panda. Adorable. So, <laughs> but it's like conservatives stayed mad about that. And no one on the left or who supports LGBTQ people was even really impressed with the statement that they ultimately did make. So it really was like, they found a way to like not really benefit in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. or do the right thing, or get any money.
1: Like, that's when you're gonna get like coverage. Is when you yeah. have to backtrack, and you know, I think I I was making fun of Barbara Streisand effect. Exactly, right, right. I was making the fun of a couple weeks worse. ago when this PR firm that represents all these companies an email leak where they had been like, you know, you never want to be the first company because they're gonna make an example out of you. And I was kind, I was really dragging at the time, but good advice. (laughs) It's good advice because it just depends. I mean, this list, it doesn't actually make a lot of sense um, in terms of like how these companies are aligned because another example they looked at is Patagonia. Patagonia is ranked number three for people. Patagonia is a very progressive organization. Like if you actually look at their socials, they're tweeting like, end the filibuster. Mm -hmm. But nobody really knows that because there's not really any like Controversy. Nobody, they kind of get ahead of these things. So nobody's ever like Patagonia, you can't do that okay
4: patagonia so, right
1: so, oh yeah they're great they're like patagonia dream advertiser they're just you know like slightly slightly to the right of ben and jerry's maybe
4: <laughs> Yeah, right of ben and jerry's is a very funny like corporate right. politics scale because because cor- because <laughs> fucking ben and jerry's you know will mean? be like we've released cherry guevara our <laughs> new <laughs> our new, yeah, our yeah. new flavor <laughs> right right and it's, it's fucking great
1: and Republicans are never like, fuck Patagonia. Don't buy a Patagonia vest. They can't afford what the fuck the fuck are going to consultants gonna, and Charlotte going to wear if they can't wear a Patagonia vests? Yeah, vest they have um, yeah. to,
4: they've aligned themselves with Patagonia long ago, yeah. stylistically. <laughs> exactly. And
1: Trader Joe's is number one, which is, which is interesting. I mean, I think there's like a vague liberal connection to that, yeah, but they're only pretty liberal. maybe just crunchy. I mean, there's lots of crunchy people that also won't get vaccinated. So
0: yeah, but they're pretty liberal. And like, even the idea of making low cost organic and healthier options and snacks and like they're with aldi which is also like actually like low cost it's the same company aldi and trader joe's yeah so a lot of trader joe's stuff and aldi's in more lower income areas too so they are actually pretty progressive what i'll say is that like when you know a company yeah it's like make a choice and suffer the consequences but there are chick-fil-a again like you know it's on the outline but Chick-fil-A is very like clear with LGBT. They don't open on Sunday. So it's like anytime anybody goes there and solicits it, they make a choice. They're making a choice of like, I know what this company stands for and I do or don't want to participate in it. And it's the same thing with Patagonia. Patagonia is like, look, we have our, we have our thing. Like they know who they're, you know what they stand for. And you know, if you want to deal with it, like you deal with it. But I feel like, you know, company, it's weird because on one end, I'm like, should companies have to align themselves politically? But then it's like, yeah, if I need to know to make my choice, if if it really is like this, like they love to say capitalism, laissez-faire, every dollar is a vote for something. I want to know that my money, are you going to pay a racist politician? Because then I'll take my money somewhere else. Where is this money going to? Who's, you know, all this shit. It's so hard because Mm -hmm. most companies try, you know, but Disney tries to play both sides because they just, you know, and like a lot of, that's like a big criticism even with tech is like they try to play both sides or say they're apolitical and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's no such thing as being apolitical anymore. There's just not.
4: Yeah, and it also does ultimately feel like this very weird surface level song and dance, not to say like, like it's better to have companies thinking that like promoting these things in whatever way like i'd rather have a company donating books about lgbt youth than not but i feel like it hides the real shit which is like okay but what are what are you donating to like what is this company actually funding and shit like even recently i mean elon musk Obviously, has been all over the place, but he had that big thing where he was like, "I'm not voting Democrat anymore." And it's like, well, actually, you've been donating to Republicans for the past twenty years, and we can see those records. So, what even mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is and- like, like if you were voting for Democrats but funding Republican operatives this entire time, I don't really care that yeah, you voted I, yeah. for Democrats in California. Actually, Portland, Portland Pride.
1: <laughs> JP Morgan tried said to Portland Pride, can we sponsor everything? And Portland Pride said no. (laughs) Because they had donated to anti-gay politicians in other parts of the country. And JP Morgan had to like admit to their own it happened to another company too, to their own staff. Like we had Pride plans, but now we don't, because they said no. So as much as like I don't know, it does like I said, it's like it if it's about authenticity, it does seem like it serves a lot of these companies just to like not say anything. Than to say something and then go back on it. But like Millie was saying, it gives companies that are willing to come forward an opportunity to like get, you know, a new class of consumers. Like if I went and like, I mean, I still, I have Blue Land, so this isn't a good example. But like, I am definitely a person where if I was aware of the most ethical and woke option of every single product I use, I would probably always choose it if when I could afford it. So just like there's so many opportunities for those people to just like be those brands and then leave the rest behind. But it is also just looking at this list, it's it seems like a crapshoot, you know, because you have Patagonia that's saying super radical stuff on Twitter. But if nobody's paying attention, but if Ron DeSantis, you know, this will change the day Ron DeSantis realizes that and picks a fight. So it's really just comes down to like if a politician decides to pick a public fight with you, you're going to have a problem unless you react the right way from the beginning. But the best part of this list is that coming in at number one hundred on the list of the one hundred most visible companies ranked by reputation was the Trump Organization, which means it is the most poorly rated, visi- most visible organization. <laughs> <laughs> Thank is, God.
0: What are they even doing now? I'm just paying, paying, stakes. running they from don't... Letitia James.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who what knows? It does like? Yeah, I guess they're just paying out legal fees at this point and like defending themselves in court. They sold the dc hotel
0: mm-hmm. i think oh, yeah is they done do. yeah they still have dorau
4: yeah he has the properties that he owns that's the most interesting thing to me is i wonder how long trump tower stays in new york city okay. As, i like, feel I like they might he. try to
0: keep that one but half of those like trump properties were just like people buying his name
1: and a lot of them have since taken the name off like during during, the Yeah, because Trump Tower
4: is one of the ones that I think he owns personally, to whatever degree he actually owns anything, because I think he has negative $300 money. million. He's
1: still <laughs> paying, like, paying $10,000 $10, a day because he's, he's in contempt. One day we'll find out where he and Brett Kavanaugh's money comes from until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betts Sub Podcast. Bye.